This creature from the dirt defied the everlasting holy God. God, for the glory of his name, is reconciling and reclaiming all things to himself. He's just yearning for you. He's longing for you. He wants friendship and relationship with you. He needs you. Oh, you're breaking his heart. No, he's going to break you. Self-esteem, that is a satanic idea. You're not as important as you think you are. This like when you say, I, I just can't believe in a God that would, you realize it doesn't matter. You don't get to define God. This is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is. Give us a man who knows the truth. One man, Jew and Gentile, bond and free. One, there is no race in Christ Jesus. Oh, how a man needs to fear God that that man might cling to his word. Give us some preachers who aren't tripping over their skirt to get into the pulpit. What's wrong with you people? Thank you for tuning in to Matter of Theology. Matter of Theology is a podcast production by Faithful Life Ministries where we address church and cultural issues from a biblical standpoint. We seek to bring you biblical truths despite what the popular movements of the day teach or church networks that are started with the best of intentions. We are on Patreon, so if you would like to partner with us, head on over to patreon.com slash matter of theology and become a subscriber. And uh, we are going to be posting uh, some extra content on there. And the only way to access that is to become a Patreon. Now, we've got a variety of plans ranging from $5 all the way up to, uh, you know, business sponsorship type stuff. Uh, So head on over there, partner with us. Or if you would like to uh, just give us uh, a donation, Faithful Life Ministries is a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization. So your donation is tax deductible. Keep that in mind. Uh, So reach out to us um, for information on how to do that. But today we have a special bonus episode. We are going to be discussing the latest event that happened within the Acts 29 network regarding the removal of CEO Steve Timmis. Now, in a Christianity Today article, uh, which was written by Kate Shellnut, she documented that 15 people who served under Timmis described a pattern of spiritual abuse through bullying and intimidation overbearing demands in the name of mission and discipline, rejection of critical feedback, and an expectation of unconditional loyalty. Now, this is not the first time we've seen allegations of this nature within the context of Acts 29 Network. Nope. No. No, it is not. So, and, and one of the things that, that we, we have to remember, um, and this is, this is true, uh, we always have to keep in mind and in the forefront of our minds is that it's very easy to be prideful when we're right, or we think that we're right anyway, um, especially in the reform community, when we believe or know that our theology is right, that our soteriology is right, that our interpretation of the word of God is correct, our preaching is spot on, and or our philosophy of ministry is correct. We tend to think that we're there, quote unquote. The tendency is to become very heavy handed. 
and intolerant. And what's happened within the A29 network is that they've become very intimidating, almost, I mean, not almost, bullying uh, those around them, and especially those who may differ in their views of ministry. So we're just going to spend some time talking about that. Yeah, I mean, the we really see, uh, if we go all the way back to the beginning of Acts 29, and its very first president, Mark Driscoll, I mean, this was really the reason he was removed, or part of the reason. I mean, take out the, the uh, allegations of, and the evidence of plagiarism, right? Stealing someone else's work to make it your own in your own books, but you've got uh, accounts of people who, you know, he he ruled with a heavy hand, right? He set up an atmosphere of fear and intimidation, uh, bullying almost. And this was, you know, this is part of the reason why he was removed uh, as president from Acts 29 in the first place. Yeah, the the Acts 29 network has had a very tumultuous, tumultuous, there we go, uh, history in that. And, and again, like, uh, I think it's important to say off the bat, we... We know, and I know for a fact, there are very good churches in the A29 network. There are very godly men and women in that network. There are some very humble and gracious and godly leaders that are doing excellent, excellent kingdom and gospel-centered work. So we know that is true, and this isn't um, going to be an episode where we just bash a network for the sake of bashing it, right? We, no. Nor is it going to be a pulpit and pen-style thrashing. Uh, our intent is to look at the events of the day, especially in the context of the local church, which this event is squarely in the realm of the local church, and how do we apply the gospel to this situation? Right. right. When we look at what happened and what has happened in the history of A29, um, there are some obvious patterns that can be seen. Um, and I have my own opinions of why those things have happened. And I'm sure we'll get into some of them mm-hmm. uh, uh, later. But but we really want to make sure that our listeners don't go online and just start thrashing A29. Don't go right. online and start right. and start, you know, bashing Matt Chandler or bashing your 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 pastors if they're in the A twenty nine network. Don't do that. Like you know, we are calling you not to do that. We need to be Christ like in how we respond to these things, right? So yeah, some very messed up things have happened. Some very bad things have happened, and there have been churches and people that have been systematically at this point hurt. Mm-hmm because of some things that happened in this network. So we want to address those. We want to look at the, through a gospel centered lens and we want to do it with grace and humility, just as we will call those in the A29 network to show the same. Right. So with that, Chris, go for it. Well, and one of the things I was going to say is, uh, you know, uh, here we are in, in two different States all the way across the country um, and, uh, and then, and then there's another guy I was just talking to today. Uh, he just asked, Hey man, what, what, what are you doing today? And, and then, uh, uh, you, we were using the Marco Polo app and he saw the microphone. He's like, Oh, you're recording a podcast. And I was like, yeah. And he, and he said, what are you guys recording about? And I told him and he, he said, Oh man, like I, you know, and shared with me his story. 
mm-hmm. um, which is a lot of the exact same things that you see and that you saw uh, through the Josh, your word is perfect. The tumultuous leadership of Mark Driscoll, uh, what you saw through the intimidating, uh, bullying, heavy handed ministry of Steve Timmis. Um, it was the exact same thing that this guy has been through. It's the exact same thing, Josh, that you talked about when we were talked about church hurt. Uh, yeah. Some of the exact same things that I've been through that Drew's been through. And so it's one of those things that we, we just wanted to have a conversation about it. And Josh is absolutely 110% correct. Um, this is not a pulpit and pen. This is not a A29 bash session. This is not a Matt Chandler bash session. This is a reminder for all of us as believers, but especially those of us in leadership in the church that we need to be reminded to be humble, to stay teachable, to speak the truth in love, and to remember that we have to be uh, patient and endure long suffering when necessary. And as pastors and church leaders and, and believers, this would be something that we have to do. And, and it's counter to the culture. Even inside the church, it's counter to that culture, um, unfortunately that we've seen and continue to see not to be seen, unfortunately out of the eight two nine network. And, and again, a buddy I was talking to just, I mean, he brought up a great point. He said, he said, if, if they think they can just lop the head off this thing and, and, and dismiss the CEO and that fix the problem, it's not going to do it. No, no, no. And, and sadly, um, it, it is it is obvious and, and again like I'm not privy to I'm not privy to the board meeting minutes or anything like that, but it is obvious that the that has been at least externally the appearance of the mentality that A twenty nine has is that because yeah. this is leader number three that now pu- is super public. Yeah. That, that has super publicly been so they haven't figured it out yet. And and again, like I said, I have I have my from being on the inside of that and seeing how the network uh, works and mm-hmm. how they're structured. I have my own beliefs of why that's happened, but yeah, yeah. The, the, the attempts to thwart this have not been successful yet. Mm-hmm. So at a certain point you have to start asking yourself, okay, we're missing the point here. It's not being successful. We need to go in a different direction. Right. right, yeah, right. Um, and I think there are some directions that need to be taken. Yeah. Now let me jump in and kind of play uh, devil's advocate for a minute, because you know when we're when we get in and we start talking about different networks and, and their structure, the, the first thing that someone who is a diehard advocate for A two nine, the first thing that they're going to say is, "Well, no network is perfect, right? Every Amen. network right. has its flaws. Amen. So yeah, this is just another true. network that has its flaws. So." So now what? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. No. Yes. That first off, that's true. No church is perfect either. That's right. Right. No pastor is perfect. Amen. But there are still standards that scripture gives. Amen. And there is still a mentality that if you as a pastor, as a church or as a network are systematically hurting people and have a structure that is systematically burning through leaders causing church splits and causing a lot of pain in a lot of people's lives, 
that has to be called to account and something has to be done about that. That's right. So yes, I agree. There's no perfect network at all. You're not going to find one, but we do have standards just because we have grace doesn't mean that we go around sinning. Right. Right. So we have to be okay with, yes, there are, we have grace. We have, we have times where we, where we let love cover over, but it doesn't mean that we abandon all scriptural standards for what it means to be a church or what it means to be a Christian. Right. right. And having, having grace doesn't mean you, you know, showing grace doesn't mean you allow yourself to be walked on either. Um, right. uh, and, and, and that, that's important to, to say. And, and for the person that would say that, I would say, I mean, absolutely. There, there are no perfect networks, no perfect churches, no perfect pastors to Josh's excellent point. Um, and, and, but we're not talking about that. We're not mm-hmm. talking about them. What we're talking about is, is, is this, what we're talking about is, the, the hurt that has been caused, you know, and, and again, that, that the same friend of mine that I was talking about earlier, I mean, literally said the words that these people inside the A29 network literally ruined part of parts of my life. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and again, that, that, that's true. That, that can be true for any church, any leader, any, any person. Right. Right. Well, we'll put it, put, put it into the realm of a pastor, right? There's no perfect pastor. Right. But if a pastor royally messes up to the point of where they are losing or where they have lost the qualifications of what it means to be a pastor. You're not just going to say, well, there's no perfect pastor and overlook it. It's like, no, I mean, it's true. There's no perfect pastor, but (laughs) that's not exercising wisdom. (laughs) That that, no, 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 no. And that's what we intend to do here. And that's what a 29, I think needs to start, start doing as well. So now what it sounds like is from, because Josh, you've mentioned that, not every A29 church is this way. There are some very good, godly uh, oh, yeah. A29 churches. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say that they are, they're that way uh, in spite of a- Acts 29, right? <laughs> that, that, that has more to do with their leadership and, and who's in charge of, right. of, that, of that specific church. They just meet the qualifications of Acts 29 to be considered an Acts 29 church. But getting into the... Uh, into the the core of the network, it sounds like all these problems really stem from the network's framework, how it's structured. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. I would say, I would say that those churches that are out there in the A29 network that are doing an awesome job, I would say that that is being done in spite of how the network's system of church governance is set up right now. And this is how it was in the past. And they, to A29's credit, they have taken steps to change this, but have recently kind of gone back to the original model in that the entirety of the network, how the church government is set up, how the network is set up in terms of the support um, is completely, and I mean, I mean, completely focused on what who they would call the lead pastor right right. so you have lead pastors and you have associate pastors now on paper all elders have the same authority right and all elders have the same amount of of say in the direction of the church Uh, just as we would confess is what the bible says how it should be right right yeah um but it's very obvious uh, in most churches um that because of how that structure is set up, A29, what they look for in a lead pastor is a very CEO type individual 
a very uh, self-starter, uh, entrepreneur, um, vision caster, extrovert, someone who's basically big and flashy, has a big personality that the church can rally around. Right. Now that's just typical. Right. That's not, that, that's not every, everyone in X. Right. Right. That's just kind of the, this is, this is ideal what we look for, but that's not necessarily what, what. Right. Comes it's not typical, but you look at the, you look at the individuals that started a 29 mm-hmm. and right. that's, it's, I mean, Mark Driscoll, yeah. huge yeah. personality, right. right? Big personality, Matt Chandler, big personality. Uh, a lot of the individuals on the board, big personality and having a big personality is not necessarily bad. Right. right. I mean, right. I, I think I think I'm I'm quite the extrovert, right? And I've been told I'm right. quite the extrovert. Yeah, and that's if it's not again, that's not a bad thing. But and and all but, these guys that you've listed off, right? Mark Driscoll, Matt Chandler, that they do along with their big personality, they also had the ability to teach and teach effectively too. Oh yeah, Mark Driscoll, I, 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 look, I will say it. Mark Driscoll was a phenomenal teacher. He was very dynamic. He was a very good teacher now some of the stuff he said i wouldn't agree with but he was a great communicator right yeah he was he 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 communicated his ideas very very well sure um and the same with matt chandler right uh so so yeah yeah you have these these types of personalities that a29 really does gravitate toward and they really do train their pastors to look and act in that way right uh it is a very, and I mean, again, they say there's a little bit of truth in every stereotype, right? Acts 29 pastors have a stereotype. It's oh, yeah, just sure. true. It's there, right? Yeah. But it stems from something true, right? So, but what what happens with that is that you have now a culture that combines two things. On one end, you have the individual that is extremely extroverted is used to and being trained to basically be the life of the party. Right. Mm. Right. And to be the center of attention. Mm -hmm. Now you take that individual and you put them into a network that encourages that even more. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now you start seeing the problem, right? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it becomes all about the, and, and to the, typically the structure has been as well for the support staff is it's all about that lead pastor. Yep. It is all, yep. all about the well, lead pastor. And that's not even just on, on paper or, or by words. You know, I've, I've, I've talked to tons of, uh, not tons, at least 10 or 12 associates of A29 churches. And they say all the conferences, all of the seminars, all of the vacations and the getaways, it's all centered around the lead pastor. Sometimes they won't even get an invite. Mm-hmm. It And it's, it's. Again, like I don't like that. That might be the norm. That might be the minority, but it is a true fact that the network is shaped around and functions around catering toward one guy, even to the point of in order to be an A29 member or in order to be a church of an Acts 29, the membership doesn't rest with the church. You guys realize that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. The membership rests with the lead pastor. So if the lead pastor leaves an A29 church, that church is no longer A29. Right. So the entire system is shaped around promoting this guy and you have such a dangerous combination. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like there's now a sixth Sola 
added. Uh, <laughs> it, it is it's, it's sola gratia, sola fide, solas Christus, soli deo gloria, sola scriptura, and sola networka. Yeah, right? it's sure. just added sure. on, you know, to these because because most eight two nine churches are reformed churches, so they would hold to the five solas, at uh, least they, at least Calvinistic. At least Calvinistic. That's I will right. push back. I, I don't know many A29 churches that are reformed. Reform, truly reformed. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. But at least Calvinistic. Um, but then it, once you add. Well, this I would even framework, push back. I'm sorry. I did, I did a little bit of a delay here. I would even push back on the Calvinistic piece. I would say in their soteriology, yes. In their pastoring and shepherding hearts and souls. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think most most A twenty nine churches that I have met will will confess Calvinism or the tenets of Calvinism as yes. Right. We are, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mean we can I mean, and it's the same. We can have the the best theology, but if we're not living it out, right. it shows that we don't actually believe it. Right. right. And so. that's and that ultimately you get into this framework that really causes you not to be able to even live it out. Because it, t- it really boosts pride in that lead pastor, right? So right. you can take a, a, a man who's already prideful, put him in this framework, and it boosts his pride even more. Or you take someone who really struggles with insecurities, and you put him in a system yeah. that makes it all about him. Now, oh, yeah. he... he is desiring through his insecurities that it has to be all about me. And now his pride is boosted as well. So, right. so now you just, you really have this mixture that leads to uh, destruction in, in a toxic environment. Well, it's two sides of the same coin. Pride and insecurity are, are, are both. Pride. Sure. Yeah. And yeah, so, right. and, 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 and with that kind of environment, just fostering that um, drew to your point that that's exactly right. It just, all it does is feed the beast. Uh, and, and when you look at, when you look at, you know, specifically this, this article, this Christianity today article concerning Steve Timmis and what happened with Mark Driscoll, um, you know, uh, Darren Patrick. And, uh, when, when you, when you look at all of this stuff, it's all the same things, right? It's, it's all the same behaviors repeated mm-hmm. over and over and over again. So then again, so, so, so taking those articles out, because there are some that would say maybe those articles are, uh, you know, that they're, they're one-sided or, sure, uh, sure. you know, again, playing advocate, right. They're, they're one-sided and that, that, that's, that's, that's this side of the story. That's not the other side of the story. Again, I've had conversations. I know Josh has had conversations and been a part of, uh, personally in the moment, a lot of the exact same things that you read about in these articles. And so it's not just, you know, this is just something that, that it's high profile there. It's the CEO. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a assistant. It's an, it's an, it's another CEO. It's, it's the, one of the co-creators of Acts 29, you know, th- those are big, high profile, high, highly public cases. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, the, 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 again, the, this kind of stuff, and I said it before, this kind of stuff is happening on, you know, other levels that you're not hearing about. And it's all of the same. It's all that heavy handed, that intimidation, that, that bullying that you're made to feel like if you're not on the team, quote unquote, right. of a two nine, if you differ from what acts 29 says, then you're the, you're or you the, go you're, against, you go yeah. against anyone in acts 29. If you, if I mean, yeah, yeah. You're, you're the black sheep. Yeah. So let me, let me read this from this article. Now I, I want to uh, stress this because, uh, this isn't just a piece that's that's a gossip piece, right? This is the the lady who who wrote this article. She did her research, 
And she actually reached out and communicated with people who were involved in this. Uh, so this isn't just something that she that she heard about and then and then quickly, you know, flung together. She, you know, she did her her due diligence in this, but she says this um, according to a copy of a 2015 letter sent to Acts 29 President Chandler and obtained by Christianity Today, five staff members based in the Dallas area described their new leader, speaking of Steve Timmis, as bullying, lacking humility, developing a culture of fear, hello, uh, remnants of Mark Driscoll there, and overly controlling beyond the bounds of Acts 29 with examples spanning 19 pages. And it continues, during a meeting with Chandler and two board members to discuss the letter, all five were fired and asked to sign non-disclosure agreements as a condition of their severance packages. So something there that I want to address, mm-hmm. and it's, it's a specific thing. Um, when you are in a network such as A29 that has had, again, the history that A29 has had, you're in a church that, it, especially in a church in America where there is so much cover-up being done, there's so much dishonesty, Oof. right? Uh, there's so many scandals that are happening to the church right now. The last thing that you want to be doing as a network, and this happened back then, and this just happened now with Timis, is making people sign non-disclosure agreements. Yeah. Right. Because if there's anything we need as a church right now, it's transparency. Sure. Amen. Yeah. Amen, Especially brother. in the A29 network. We need transparency as men. We need transparency as leaders in our church. We need transparency as elder boards. I don't think there should be anything aside from internal like church discipline, sensitive matters, things like that, that should be a hid from the congregation. The congregation should have free reign to talk and know about anything that's going on with the church. That includes budgets. That includes salaries. When you kick somebody out of a church or remove somebody, the last part of Matthew 18 is to tell the congregation why so that they can then interact with that person through the lens of the gospel with the, with the intent of restoration, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Non-disclosure agreements should be the farthest thing that we are doing. So just, just, just a quick, quick offshoot. I read that part and I was like, no, no, of all the things like, that's just continuing to add to the problem. Well, it is, it is. And that's, and that's part of the, that is part of, the mental, the hierarchy mentality, right? Is that, you know, we have our business up here that isn't anybody else's business. We're going to handle it. You guys don't need to know what's going on. When we're like, no, 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 no. We, we need to know what's going on. If we're mm. going to be parts of this network and be in our church, we need to know, please tell us. You can't just say, oh, he's kicked out for being a jerk. And like, and then non-disclosure agreements is like, no, we need transparency. We need yeah. to be open books. That's right. Amen. Because at that point, you're just, th- there's something deeper and you're hiding it. <clears throat> Yeah, right, right, right. Or or you're not, but but it looks like you are. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, we need to be above reproach. We need to be above any any amount of accusations that could be made. It's like, no, no, no. This is how we handle it. This is what happened. Open book. This is our process. You're free to look at it. Amen. Right? That right. that 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 that's what needs to happen. Both yeah, individually right. and corporately. Agreed. That's right. Now let's move let let's transition 
from from our commentary about what happened, and let's transition into actual scripture. So, mm-hmm. Chris, um, I yeah. know you you want to bring in uh, Luke chapter nine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because look, this is something that we as believers. Um, have always struggled with and will continue to struggle with until the day of our glorification is pride. Mm-hmm. Um, pride as far as insecurity, pride as far as puffing ourselves up. And, and um, so whether it's, you know, when we pass from this earth and enter into his presence or he returns, and that's when we will no longer struggle with this. Yeah. So as always, and to Drew's point, the question we must ask is this, what does scripture speak to uh, when it concerns this topic? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, so, sorry, little Jimmy Fallon moment there. Um, so, those of us who are in Christ, we, we are called. No, no, no. We, we are commanded to be humble. The the word tells us that pride is the root of all sin. Pride is that ugly and terribly evil sin that the enemy and his fallen legions of demons have committed in their rebellion against the Lord in heaven. And and of course, it's what got Adam and his wife Eve tossed out of the Garden of Eden. Um, Pride is a damning sin against the Lord and his perfect law. Uh, and it's, it's absolutely antithetical to the message of our Lord Jesus Christ as he reminded us that one cannot come into the kingdom of heaven if he does not what? Hate himself. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow him. Regardless of the cost we obey his commands. And again, this is something that we have and will continue to struggle with for the rest of our time on earth. So when it comes to pastors and church leaders and networks um, who attend all the right conferences, read all the right commentaries and books, are the best teachers, follow all the right people and affirm all the right doctrines, uh, all the right soteriology or Calvinistic in their approach, those will, 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 will be the ones who take it upon themselves to, to fight battles, but in the wrong ways. The, the, it, it, it feeds the ego. And the, the, the greater and, and the more blessed that ministry is, um, it, it's more likely to feed the beast of pride that leads to saying things like, look what I have built. Mm-hmm. Look at my church. Mm-hmm. Look at what I've done. I've done this. I've done that. No, you haven't. When right. in reality, you have built nothing. Christ has done the work. Mm-hmm. He has done it through these jars of clay who deserve nothing but hell because of our sin. Mm-hmm. Francis Schaeffer said this, we are not building God's kingdom. God is building his kingdom and we are praying for the privilege of being involved. Close quote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, something that I said a few minutes ago, uh, and, and, and it is something that we will continue, again, we'll continue to struggle with for the rest of our time on earth. And it's nothing new. Remember the, remember Solomon, he reminds us there's nothing new under the sun. So I just wanted us to take a quick look at Luke chapter nine, um, because this is something that we have seen, uh, the, dis- I mean, we, we see right here, the disciples struggling with this very thing. Okay. So, so a recap, at this point, the disciples have been with the Lord for about two and a half years, every day, all day, 24-7, teaching upon teaching, miracles, signs, and wonders. And earlier in Luke chapter 9, our Lord gave them the authority to represent him by heralding the good news in many cities and villages. They were given the power to cast out demons, heal the sick, etc. Okay, we see that in Luke 9-6. 
And on top of that, right after that, there are three disciples, Peter, James, and John, who went up on the Mount of Transfiguration, seeing the true unveiled glory of the Lord along with Moses and Elijah. Okay, so as you can imagine, they ended up struggling with pride. So our Lord took a moment to teach them a lesson in humility, and it applies to all of us, especially pastors and church leaders. Um, so starting in verse 46, we see an argument break out. And it says an argument started among them as to which of them might be the greatest. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, and it had to do uh, with that. Now, can you imagine what this sounded like and what, what, what this must've looked like? Uh, according to the scriptures in, in, in parallel passages in the gospels, uh, it was so intense that James and John got their mother involved because of who she was in relation to the Lord's mother, Mary, and tried to put, play the family game. It's the politics of it, who, you know, and so when you look at the Greek word here, I mean, this got intense. The Greek word here for argument is, um, dialogismos, which it implies evil intention and speaks of a battle where unity is, is, is broken. It's fractured. And this is what we see in what's been happening and what happens in, happens in leadership structures like A29 that deal with this. These guys, these disciples were supposed to be what? Home team, right? These are boys. They're, they're, they're together. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a huge point that pride can and always decimates the precious commodity and the unity that true believers are supposed to have as members of the body of Christ. The body all has to work together. So pride destroys those relationships. Okay, so looking at 2 Corinthians, okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 20. We see that Paul says, quote, for I'm afraid that perhaps when it, when I come, I may find you to be not what I wish and may be found by you to not be what you wish, that perhaps there will be strife and jealousy, angry tempers, disputes, slanders, gossip, arrogance, disturbances. Wow. Paul encourages the believers in Philippians so going to Philippians, starting in chapter one, verse 27, he says, only conduct yourselves in a, in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or I remain absent, I will hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving together for faith in the gospel. And then he goes on in chapter two, verses one through eight. And he says this, he says, therefore, if there's any encouragement in Christ, if there's any consolation in love, if there's any fellowship of the spirit, any affection or compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which is also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, a slave, and being made in the likeness of men. Guys, unity is something that Christ prayed for in John 17, his great high priestly prayer. My prayer is that you, they will be one as you and I are one. So the, the, right out of the gate. 
we see this argument taking place. Okay, the second piece there of this argument in Luke 9 um, is not only does it decimate the team and the unity, but it focuses on the superiority of one person over the other. Again, I'm hearing familiar things we're talking about here. Um, it compares and elevates self over the, the, the group, the body. Okay, which is exactly, hello, what the Pharisees did. That is is absolutely antithetical from from passages of Scripture like Luke fourteen eleven. Okay, so our, our Lord He then goes on to show that the, the radical the radical corruption in the disciples and in each of us He shows them that by reminding them that He knew what was in their hearts. We can't yeah. avoid sin, and it, and and if we are all children of God, He will not allow us to avoid sin. He will discipline and chastise those. Whom are his? Well, and I think Hebrews we, 12. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, we've all been recipients of that. At least I Absolutely. hope so. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. right? I mean, I can think yeah. of many times uh, in my life where I thought I got away with something just to find out that I didn't. Yep. Right. And I think back, like, how did you find out? It's like, ah, yeah. it's because the Lord's promises ring true. He disciplines those that he loves, right? Yeah, Take it right. actually as a sign that the Lord has not abandoned you. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah and that's what, uh, Paul Washer talks about that often. He says, you know, if if the Lord's not disciplining you, there's a good chance you're not his kid. There you go. You're not his workmanship at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that that's a scary place to be. Um, so what Jesus did did next is, is is pretty amazing. And 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 this just shows obviously his he is the the perfect teacher, the perfect preacher. Um, and he takes a child. Uh, and, and what, what the scriptures say, uh, verse 47, but Jesus, knowing what they were thinking in their heart, took a child and stood him, uh, stood him by his side. And in, in the, the parallel passage in Mark nine, it says that the child was small enough to hold. Uh, and this was to teach them a lesson. Okay. This image shows how we are to approach God, the thrice holy God almighty. We are completely dependent on him and him alone. Remember, we don't build a thing. We don't do a thing. Salvation is his work. Sanctification, his work. And I love this quote by Dr. John MacArthur. He says this quote, God does not care how many degrees you have, how widely you've read, how clever you are in communication, or how strong of a leader you are. The only way you can approach him is as a meek and humble child, close quote. So pride, when it takes root in our lives, we need to remember this. We need to remember that picture. We need to, when we view ourselves as kings and when we think more of ourselves than we ought to in word and deed, we're not acting like kings and humble servants. We're acting like little children. That's exactly what we're doing. And our dependence is completely on the sovereignty of God, Mm -hmm. period and paragraph. So Jesus says in verse 48, he says, and he said to them, whoever receives this child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me for the one who is least among you. I'm sorry, at least among all of you, this is the one who is great. So the child is the picture of those who are in Christ, other believers. We have to remember this, especially as pastors, especially as church leaders. We have been given the privilege. If you have been called to be a pastor, an elder, a leader in the church, you've been given a privilege to care for the children of God. Let that sink in. God's children are precious to him. Mm -hmm. So when pastors and church leaders 
seek to be heavy handed, intolerant, intimidating, using manipulation to 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 make you feel bad if you don't line up with the network, quote unquote. What does that say about what you believe about Christ himself? Mm-hmm. Who's well, the head? Who's yeah, the cornerstone? There's a if the emphasis in Acts 29 is placed upon the pastor and the pastor is to be elevated, that's actually antithetical to the teaching of scripture and what it means to be Christ-like because just as you read in Philippians 127 or Philippians 2 talking about Christ who humbled himself and came down exactly. to take take the form of a servant that means and Chris I've heard you say this numerous times just in in you and I talking that the pastor should be the chief servant in right. the church you are the lead slave you are the lead doulos you are the lead third level under rower you that is your role that 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 is and 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 that's that's yeah i'm oh yeah we'll just wait uh, <laughs> um so the disciples that and, and and we have to pastors and leaders we have to reject the tendency to say that we don't have time for other believers mm. that no that that's what the disciples uh were getting at in the parallel passage in mark ten fourteen. He, you know, he, they're trying to keep these kids away from Jesus as pastors and leaders in the church. We have to be careful when it comes to how we treat and care for those around us, remembering that how we treat his children. And I kind of just said, this is a direct reflection of how we treat him and what we think about Christ. Will we reject him and his majesty by how we treat those in our care? And that's, that's a great question for us as men as well with our families that is a great question um, for anybody that the Lord has blessed us with as far as ministry. So um, keep going here in verse 48. He says this, you know, for the one who is least among all of you, this is the one who is great. That flips the script on worldly wisdom. That flips the script um, on what we were just talking about in the A29 network. The, the world says that the most powerful, the most popular, and the prettiest are those who will come out on top. Well, so pride reverses the truth that we see in Scripture. And and, and that's what Jesus is getting at here. Oh, Josh, what were you going to say, man? No, I was just going to say that 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 pride pride will make you think and feel that you're humble. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a pride, good word. Pride always the first and foremost thing pride always does is it blinds you. It blinds you to reality. And when pride is left unchecked and unconfronted, it will and I'm talking from more of a counseling uh, experience now seeing this, it will make the individual view reality unrealistically Mm -hmm. they will think that they are the most humble person on earth and i'm talking from experience here too this isn't just me pointing the finger you will think that you are the most humble gracious soft-spoken person in the world and you are a raging arrogant son of a gun yeah right Pride will always blind. Pride was the original sin. It was the very first and foremost sin, right? Pride, I'll tell you how I know this. In what universe do you think that you, a created being, could take the throne of God, overcome him and his power? That's what Satan tried to do. His 
pride blinded him to reality. He forgot his place. He forgot who he was dealing with. And his pride puffed him up and says, I will ascend to the stars. I will make myself like God. That's what pride did. And that's what pride does is it blinds you to your reality. You no longer think correctly. Yep. Right. And that's when you see things like this, where you're just like, where did that come from? Like, why would you think that? You know, like where, how, how could you do, you know, these kind of questions pop up. It's because they are blind to it. Yeah, well, wait wait till we get just a few more verses away. One of the things the disciples say here in a second. Um, brother, and that's absolutely, like you literally took the very next words that I had written down out of my mouth, and I love that. Because again, we ha- we haven't talked about this. <laughs> we just we just, we just just started kind of talking. Um, uh, you know, Drew, to your point too, I mean, pastors and church leaders should strive to be, you know, we just talked about it, lowly and truly meek. Um, and, and Paul reminds us again in Corinthians that we are to be that, that slave to all that, that lead servant. Um, so now, now here's, here's another big one. And, 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 and we've seen this with, with the issues that we're talking about tonight. Look at verse 49 says, John answered and said, master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we tried to prevent him because he does not follow along with us. Uh, there's, there's, there's the sin of pride and, and, and exclusivity. So John was basically saying, he's not part of our group, our club, our network, etc. You don't wear our label. You're not part of the group. Pride is narrow minded mm-hmm. and not it in creates, a good way. It, it creates a competition between different ministries. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the man was casting out demons in the name of Jesus. Well, and, and, you know, what we don't know is we don't know, was he one of the 70? W- I mean, we do know he wasn't part of the 12, mm-hmm. um, but we do know he was doing good work. That's right. That's right. And, and <laughs> that's so, what we know. <laughs> so, and, and that's, and again, it's, it's one of the things that I mean, pride wants to limit. I mean, pride, again, another quote from Dr. MacArthur, uh, pride says, quote, pride says, I know more than you. I don't know if I can work with you. You need correction. You need help. You're not quite there. Once you get there, then I'll work with you. Humility says, if you're doing this in the, in the name of Christ and, and you're doing your best to serve Christ, I'll come alongside of you because right. there is latitude and generosity among the humble, close quote. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that, I mean, it's exactly what Drew said. Pride will create competition in ministry. It'll create competition in preaching in effectiveness of ministry. How big is your church? What programs do you have? How long do you preach? What, what do you wear? How, you know, how pretty is your wife? You know, things like that. I mean, pride will just, that's what it does. It creates a schism and creates a very, uh, very exclusive club. Yeah. Uh, within networks, within churches, within families, within Absolutely. individuals. I mean, Absolutely. I mean, it starts individually, right? Yep. It starts yep. with us. Once we start viewing other people as beneath us because they don't subscribe to a certain sets of doctrine. Mm-hmm. Mm, amen. Yeah. Like what, yep. what are you doing? Well, look at Jesus's response. And I think this would be Christ's response to, to any of us who would ever do that. Uh, verse 50, but Jesus said to him, do not hinder him. For he who is not against uh, against you is for you. It's on the same team. Yeah. He's yeah, on the same he's... team. Right. You know, um, again, another quote from Dr. MacArthur, and I'm almost done. But, um, quote, humility pursues unity by seeking to exalt others. Humility refuses 
relative comparisons and competition. Humility purifies the inner person of all selfishness. Humility belongs to those who exalt God alone as the act uh, object of worship and recognizes that they should not reject fellow believers, but honor and love them. Humility belongs to those who understand that the way down is up. Humility is the characteristic of those who embrace the diversity of true believers. Yeah. And so one of the things my wife and I talk about um, a a good bit, and, and like I said, I'm almost done, but is, is what's with all the titles right? What's with all the titles and name? Why does it, why does it have to be about, you know, this guy's an A29 guy, this guy's a MacArthur guy, this guy's an NASB guy, this guy's an ESV guy. You know, the titles, the need to define terms is needed on one hand. So there's not the vagueness. Like uh, NASB guy. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> you guys started that fight. man. I... <laughs> so it's, it's, it's needed on one hand, but frustrating on the other. And, and the one thing that should be said about all of us, and, and, and I wrote down in my notes, the one thing I want to be said about me is Chris was slash is he's a Bible guy, period. First and foremost, before any networks, denominations, etc. can it be said about us that we're Bible men and women, Jesus lovers, Christ-like disciples of the Lord Almighty? Gone need to be the days where we refuse to listen to or choose to listen to someone because they belong to a certain network of people or do or don't hold to a secondary doctrine of scripture. Rejecting a child of God, especially one called to herald the word of God because they don't belong to your network, um, is, is ultimately rejecting a form of Christ himself. Right. Yeah, that's right. And we hear, um, you know, this guy, such and such, he's an Acts 29 guy, so he's solid. Well, that's not necessarily the case. You know, to that point, you know, is I don't care if he's an Acts 29 guy. Is he a Bible guy? Right. Yeah. And that and that's not necessarily the case with anything. Correct. Like, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. oh, he has a MacArthur study Bible. So what? I don't care. He could be crazy. Yeah. yeah. Right. Or, 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 oh, he reads the ESV. More likely than not, he's arrogant <laughs> and I'm an ESV guy, right? Or, oh, he has the NSAV. Oh, he probably thinks he's better than most people, right? <laughs> right. But yeah, no, it's, it's just, just because somebody subscribes to or listens to a certain, like, let we, let's get down to the individual qualifications and characteristics. Yes. Of the yes. Yep. Right. Yeah. And to wrap wrap it all around, we need to be praying for Mr. Timmis. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. we need to be praying that the Lord, because this was discipline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He yeah. should see this as a, I pray. Like, I believe, I don't have any reason to believe he's not a brother. Right. Uh, right. I haven't heard him yeah. preach a false That's gospel. A great call I haven't, out. I haven't That's a great call out. That. The Lord is disciplining him here, yep. and I yep. pray fervently that he realizes what the Lord is doing, humbles himself, mm-hmm. gets into a godly church, submits himself to the leadership, and let the healing begin, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Because yep. that's what he needs to do, and that's what we all need to do, right? Amen. And I and Amen. I and that's something that is sorely, sadly lacking yep. in the A twenty nine network that I think we need to take. Uh, what do you say? Take warning from. Mm. It's so easy to do that, especially individually, mm-hmm. to set yourself up above the leaders because they don't fall into a certain That's right. theological That's right. bracket. That's right. Or they're part of a network that you don't like, or they've said certain things to you that you don't like. They're still the elders that the Lord has placed over you. 
That's yeah. While you are under their care, you submit to that unless they are calling you to do something unbiblical. That's right. That's right. right? Now you can choose to leave or you can choose to, you know I mean? There's, yeah, there's things that you can choose to do, but while you are there, you are humble and you are not causing division mm. and you're not trying to pick fights. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's a good point is to say, you know, we're not trying to cast, uh, you know, Steve Timmis out of the kingdom, right? You know, no, no. we believe he's, he's a brother as well as Matt Chandler and even, you know, Mark Driscoll too, yep. right? As much as we, you know, have a distaste for Mark Driscoll, we're not going to cast him out of the, out of the kingdom unless, you know, th- there's absolute fruit that of that, that says, well, mm. he's no longer a, be- a true believer. Right. Um, so that's not, and, and even still, that's something that's not in our power to do. Um, but th- there does need to be caution thrown to the wind um, to, to be on the lookout for things like this that reside in networks like Acts 29. And so here's really the standard, you know, and I, I mentioned it, you know, earlier as kind of, you know, you know, a joke, the, the term sola networka, but it's really what we need to compare is, is our, is our leadership holding to scripture alone as its standard for the framework of its network? Or is it trying to elevate the network and put it on the same plane and say, well, this we're going to go by the framework of the network rather than the framework of scripture, right? So is it sola scriptura or is it sola networka? Our network should come under scripture and be governed by scripture Amen. alone. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think Acts 29, again, I'm speaking as someone who is in it and, and I, I believe has an okay view of what, what needs to change. I think if they would start moving toward the simple yet, that strict qualifications that scripture has for a leader and throw away everything else that you think makes a good dynamic leader, their personality, how many followers on Twitter they have, whether they wear skinny jeans or not, do they have 10,000 kids, right? Like all of these things that, again, the stereotypes that Acts 29 does look at, they don't matter. Right. Are they qualified based on Timothy and Titus? Yeah. Do, yeah. Can they do those things? If so, are they humble? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have do to they be willing to. Well, oh, I'm sorry, Josh. Yep. Go ahead. Right. Do they talk about themselves less and other people more? Do you see them leading through sacrifice? Do you see them leading from behind? Do you see them scrubbing the toilets? Mm. Do you see them helping in their community? It's easy to stand on stage and deliver a fire sermon and look really good. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to sit across from an individual that you have sinned against and say, I'm sorry, I need your forgiveness. Please forgive me. Mm. Find yourself a pastor that can do that and stick with them. That's what makes good pastor. Wow. Amen. Well, I think that's a good place to to wrap up this episode. Um, So uh, again, you know, head over to... uh, to iTunes, leave us a five star rating, leave us a comment. Uh, let us know if in, if you know episodes like this are encouraging to you, if they've helped you out. Uh, we received uh, one message on on Facebook, you know, as we're 
we were before we were recording this of our last church heard episode that um you know it helped someone out you know um and that's you know we love uh you know hearing stories like that yeah um yeah. so if if it's beneficial to you if it helps you if it blesses you let us know cuz that's encouragement to us as well um cuz that's all we want to do we you know the goal isn't for us to get paid from this. The goal is, is, is for us to, no. to be able to provide content so that it blesses you. We right? are very harshly missing that goal. If that's the goal, we're in the red We're in the red. If anything, we're yeah. spending money on this. Yeah. Yeah. So I, <laughs> yeah, we are, we're spending money on this, but it's, but we put in the time to study, to, to, to get together, um, talking about how we want to approach certain things to make sure that it's tactful and to make sure that it blesses people. Um, yeah. cause if it helps one person, just one person, then it was worth it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so with that, we're going to head out of here. Um, again, we hope that this has blessed you head on over to patreoncom slash matter of theology, uh, become a partner with us or, you know, if you want to help donate just to keep this, ro- uh, these episodes rolling, um, you know, reach out to us, or if you have a topic, uh, that you would like us to discuss, reach out to us, let us know, get a passage of scripture you want us to dissect, whatever, um, we would, we'll definitely look into it. Um, so, but with that, we're going to get out of here and we will check you guys later. See ya. Bye. <laughs>